Welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. We're brought to you by our friends at Time to Pet. How do you serve your community? From offering employment opportunities to serving specific needs, our businesses can be a huge asset to our local communities. Today, Leanna Quartuccio and Brandon Elkins, owner of Hyde Bark, join us to discuss why focusing on staying local is so powerful. They work hard on offering appealing benefits to their staff and walk us through how they can make that happen. They also made a big decision to open a doggy daycare to better serve their community. They share their lessons from that process and some of their training protocols to turn new staff members into professionals. Let's get started. Hi, um, I'm Leanna. <laughs> And I am one half of Hyde Bark. So we um, provide various pet care services to the Hyde Park neighborhood of Chicago. It's on the south side. Um, We do all of your regular dog walking, cat sitting, pet sitting. And we recently opened a doggy daycare. And that is Brandon's baby, the doggy daycare. Um, So, Brandon. Uh, My name is Brandon Elkins. one half co-owner of Hyde Bark Dog Walking and Pet Care and Hyde Bark Play Park. Um, been involved with this since the very beginning. And um, whether you wanted to, whether be I wanted to be or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I I uh, kind of act as the general manager over the doggy daycare, and you know I payroll and we do all that stuff together and. Um, he does I, all the stuff I don't like to yeah, do. Yeah, and she does all the stuff I don't like to do, so it works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Were those discussions that you had early on about those roles, or did they just kind of oh, fall no. into place? No, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. We didn't have a clue what we were doing. We just kind of fumbled through it. Um, there was a lot of a lot of contention. A lot of contention. A lot of but, <laughs> our yeah, a lot of butt in our heads and figuring out where we exist in the you know um, framework of of running your own business. Hmm. As, as I'm, as I'm sure, you know, you know, there's, uh, I, I try to be a jack of all trades, you know, like I try to be good at everything I do. And there's just certain things that we've realized over the years, like, uh, I don't know, customer service that I'm not very good at because I'm just too, you know, I'm too blunt when I have to deal with people. So Leanna deals with the people side and, and I deal with the, the money side and all the technical stuff in the background. Like I did all the design for our website and all the logos and, and everything. And, and I've handled the, the daycare. So, uh, no, it was not, it was, it was a thing <laughs> over the years. Yeah. Always a learning process. And I'm still to this day, sure. Trying right. to figuring out as, as things change, right. If you started off as a dog walking and pet sitting, now figuring out how those roles change or move around with the adding of the facility with it as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also, you know, I don't know. I don't necessarily think the word resistant, but, but we, um, it was just us for, for many years, you know, and we were, we were hesitant to hire a manager because that that's handing over responsibility to somebody else. And, um, just this year, you know, once we got the daycare up and running, we realized that with the amount of business that we're doing, we needed more hands. Mm. Um, we've got a very good, uh, general manager, Todd, who handles, you know, a lot of the day to day stuff scheduling and, and uh, the daycare and supervising that. So um, that's allowed us to step back and really like cement our roles and what we're doing. Um, 
added some clarity for that, I'm sure. But as you mentioned, back in 2015, 2016, in those early days, there wasn't a whole lot of clarity figuring all that out. Why did you decide to to start your own business back then? Um, <clears throat> so I... we're crazy. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yes. <laughs> I like how, you know, they always say uh, you have to be a little crazy to be an entrepreneur. Um, so it was, I mean, it was honestly kind of an accident. Um, I did dog walking all through college for a really great company on the North side called Chicago dog walkers. And, um, that's where I learned how much I loved the job and I learned, how to treat clients, how to, you know, actually do the job, um, and how to treat employees. So, um, when our son started school, I was, you know, I was a stay at home mom and Brandon was the breadwinner. He had a office job up in Lincoln park. Um, I was like, all right, well, you know, I need to do something with my time. So I'm going to go walk dogs again. I really like doing that. I don't need to do anything. And, um, I mean, honestly, there just wasn't anybody hiring in our area, like in our neighborhood. And, um, cause we're on the South side of Chicago. So there's, I mean, probably a hundred pet care businesses that service, um, the North side, mid side. And <clears throat> so I started just because there was nobody to work for. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I guess I'll just do it myself. <laughs> and, um, you know, so did like uh, a whole summer's worth of crash courses and different business classes. Score is, I think they're nationwide uh, retired business people offering business advice for free, you know, different meetings and things anyway. Um, yeah. So I started just, you know, as a hobby for myself and within I think about three months, I, I ended up hiring um, a local a friend in the neighborhood to help out, you know, just as an independent contractor. And then Brandon, he quit his job um, in, Jan- what, less than six months after we started. Yeah, she started officially in October 2015. And by January, yeah, February of the next year, I, I you know, like I, I took vacation from my desk job over Christmas that year and did a pet sit <laughs> and, and was doing like 18 walks a day and a pet sit over Christmas. So, so we went from nothing to like, it was so quick. It was so quick. Wow. It was, 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 it was overwhelming. It was a little too quick. <laughs> well, so was that decision for you, Brandon, to, to leave your, your other job a, hey, there's an opportunity over here or, hey, there's help over here or, hey, I'm after you after you did that visit, you're like, oh, actually, I really like this. Um, well, I, I, all of the above, I think, um, you know, it was I was answering emails at work for her while she was out doing walks and stuff. And, and like, you know, it got to the point where it was like, OK, like I either need to go do this full time, you know, because there's that much work there. There's, you know, all the stuff that's involved in running a business that, that was fine shouldering for her when we had five clients, Mm -hmm. but we went from zero one, we went from one One. to like (laughs) 45 and then like 125. Wow. And, and I was like, if we ever hit 500 clients, I'll eat my hat. And now we have like, a thousand in our database. Yeah. How was the hat? <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> um, but you know, I I was also you know, it, it was terrifying, you know, because because it very quickly went from her kind of side gig to like this is our. 
I, I swore up and down there was no way that she would ever make the amount of money that I was making at my desk job doing this. I said, there's no way. You're crazy. Like, I'm, I'm going to quit my job and we're just going to lose everything. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Small, small miracles. Small miracles. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. Spoiler yeah. um, alert. <laughs> yeah, it it it, it um, very quickly became evident that if if anybody you know if it, if it was going to keep going or go anywhere that it, it was going to take more than just Leanna, and you know that that led to me just kind of jumping over and just getting into it. I've always you know I've always loved taking care of animals, but you know as well as I do as somebody that does it for a living that there's a difference between liking to take care of animals and like doing it as a profession. Like you know, yeah. Yeah, days where you pull a wadded up piece of uh, aluminum foil out of a golden retriever's throat in the rain that you're like, okay, like (laughs) I'm a professional. (laughs) (laughs) I have to really, really like this to make this a thing. But it it is it it is scary. And and we all have that experience in our business where we go, okay, this is either going to be a thing, uh, but but I have to at least try this and give this full faith effort to, to continue to push forward. And you, you mentioned a lot of that, that early growth in the days and how it was just so rapid. What was it like handling that? And, and, and how did that change your perspective on it? Well, so are you, are you from around? Where are you at? I'm, I'm, uh, we're, we're in central Missouri. Okay. So I'm not sure how much you know about Chicago and like how the city is arranged, but you know, the South side, anything South of downtown historically is, is black communities. Right. And it's mm. very heavily underserviced. It's, it's normally, you know, low income. Um, th- our neighborhood's not, I mean, it's centered around the university of Chicago where there's a lot of money, you know, there's a lot of money in our neighborhood, but because it's on the South side. Um, Lacks and a lot of services. Yeah. I mean, it's underserved all over the place. You know, there's, there's nothing down here and we moved here just kind of randomly, right? We just ended up getting an apartment in the neighborhood, but we love it. We've been here for 10 years. And when we or when we ended, you know, started this, um, I don't even think we understood how massive the lack of service was down here. Mm. Like, there were two other companies that were sort of down here that like she went to work for and they just didn't pay well enough. You know, they, they, yeah, that was, that was a big, uh, turning point for me is, um, interviewing for another company was based elsewhere in Chicago, but they, you know, they did some services down here and, and I, and I was going to be, um, helping recruit new clients and doing all these things. And then I got the pay rates and they were, you know, lower than what I was making back in college and thought, you know, why am I going to do all this for somebody else? And, and I, and that was when I also had my resolve to when we did hire that we were going to pay well, we were going to make sure to, you know, yeah. treat people well. Um, I think it took us by, I I think it happened before we even knew what the hell was going on. <laughs> right. Like, like we literally were like, okay, we're a dog walking company. And then it was like, <laughs> here you go. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted a dog walking company. Here you go. You're all the dogs. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we really, you know, we didn't, I guess we're spoiled because we stepped into this kind of first, you know, uh, seven years ago. There are other companies down here that are competing with us now. 
But um, we didn't have to do hardly any advertising. I mean, like we put an ad in the local newspaper. We handed out flyers. Yeah, but it was all word of mouth, right? Like it was flyers. It's not like we went out and got a billboard or something. We started out with 600 bucks, like literally literally $600. (laughs) And I borrowed it from a guy I worked with. Wow. Um, Just to get all the 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 licensing and everything. everything And business cards. So I, you know, I, it, it definitely woke us both up to, to what was possible. All right. Well, especially when you're serving people well, right? I think that, too, that, that really changes the perspective of when your business is serving people well, that growth comes very naturally, both in underserved areas and with people who just recognize the quality of care that you're providing. You know, I, I always tell People that, you know, I always tell our employees that, and they, they're probably tired of hearing it out of me, the ones that have worked for us a while, but what we, we don't, we don't sell a service. We sell trust, mm. right? That's, that's what a pet care company sells is trust. Um, you can hire any ding dong from college. that's on holiday vacation and they can come in and, you know, take your dog out a couple of times. But if something bad happens to that dog, that ding dong doesn't know what's going on. Right. We do. Um, mm-hmm. So. The we we've always focused on providing that really super high level of care for the animals, professional, reliable and paying our people and treating the people that work for us well so that, you know, we don't have that constant turnover. We don't have that like having to retrain somebody through this our training process. Mm-hmm. And and Leanna's, you know, she's been a big driver of that. Um you know, throughout the whole thing, we were just talking about this the other day, like how that's always been one of our main focuses, maintain high quality service and, and treat our people that work for us well. Yeah, it's rec- recognizing that those people that you have working for you, you don't have a business if you don't have them on yeah. staff. And just I, I hear people say, oh, I don't want to hire. It, it costs me money. I don't want to hire. It's too expensive. Did you ever struggle with that whenever you were bringing people on? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I always wanted to do more and pay more and offer more than what we really could. Um, So there were definitely really bad growing pains. I'd say when we were, until we got to about, I'd say like 20 employees or so, it really was um, a bit of a financial struggle to provide for people as much as we wanted to. Like we, you know, we were almost living paycheck to paycheck too. Um, you know, to try to provide for everybody. Uh, but now that we're at um, we're 30, 30, 30 employees, employees, 30 employees, 30 something, <laughs> which is wild <laughs> to think about. But. <laughs> with, you know, obviously with, with more employees, more income, more money to be able to spread around. So. Well, you, you guys offer quite a few benefits to staff. And and I know that that's not very common in the pet care industry. Again, with people concerning about prices and, and overheads, how, how do you make that work? I think it's been, um, it's, it's, it's been our reputation for one, like building our, you know, a reputation in the neighborhood um, because we do only service this specific neighborhood. So our whole area is about a three mile radius. It's very small. Wow. Yeah, it's very small. Um, so, you know, it's it's all word of mouth at this point. But um, anyway, um, people will pay, you know, a little bit more because because of the reputation. Um, so we're and we're able and, and there are clients that that does mean something to that. We tell people, mm-hmm. you know, we pay a living wage. Our, um, 
you know, above industry standard, we offer these benefits and that does mean something to some clients. And so they will be more apt to, you know, choose us. Um, we're, we're upfront about it with the, the customers, especially, you know, like we just sent out an email, we're raising prices this year for the first time in a while. And we sent out an email and said, Hey, you know, like we're not doing this for one, we're bad capitalists, you know, like if we, if we just screwed our employees just a little bit more, we would be way more comfortable. You know what I mean? Mm. Like kept that money in our pockets and didn't offer PTO and didn't, you know, like offer super good rates on walks to people, health insurance, health insurance and all that, you know, 401k, you're not even, it's a simple IRA, but it's, you know, I don't know. Savings. I don't know anything yeah. about that. <laughs> um, something. Yeah. Something. It's all stuff that comes out of our pocket, right? I mean, that's that comes out of the profit of the company, and we—that's how we balanced it. Is is not being millionaires. You know, we're we're not. Well, um, our, our goal has always been and remains to just provide a good service. Yeah. You know, like it's never been about the money. Happy um, side effect. It's happy side effect. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it does come along with that. Yeah. yeah f- focusing on those fundamentals and those basics and really leaning into that. And so it's very interesting how I know a lot of people, when they raise prices, they justify it with, um, you know, cost of living is going up. Um, I'm a professional. Look at all the things that I provide, I provide, I provide. And you guys are actually focusing on, look what the benefits that we give our staff, right? That's mm-hmm. and, and kind of and leaning into that perception. And you said the reputation of a company that takes care of of people as much as they do pets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the pets are for me, they're, they're my number one priority by far. Uh, but my second priority is our, our staff. Third priority clients. I mean, <laughs> no. honestly, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that hierarchy of, of going and, and that kind of dictates where these things fall out and that, you know, of going, okay, if my second one is staff, that means I need to look into health insurance, how it can help them set up themselves for success by offering investment opportunities right. and discounts. And, and that, again, pulling up back a little bit and going, what's the cost if I don't do this? What does that mean for my company and the people that I have on staff? Yeah, we have people that have been with us, like Cooper's been with us for six years, right? Yeah, we have one employee that's been with yeah, us longer than, longer than Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> the bonds worked for us for the whole time. Yeah, and the whole time. I mean, it, it, it's we're, it, it's a fundamental thing for us uh, that you can't run a successful business uh, on your own shoulders. You know, and the people that think that they can are fooling themselves. Like we couldn't do the volume that we do and make the amount of money that we have and have the opportunities to take that and expand, you know, especially with the daycare, mm. we couldn't do any of that stuff with just the two of us. And I think too many business owners fall into that trap where they say, you know, I did all this. Like, yeah, we did a lot. We've worked every day for the last eight years, but without those other people, yeah. it doesn't happen. I, I did want to touch on the, the health insurance one, because that's a big topic I see discussed a lot. Is that something you're paying fully for, half for, offering as an option with the group that you have? Uh, how, how is that implemented? It's uh, it's through a payroll provider, Gusto. So they make it very easy to you know turn it on and, and uh, do the enrollment and everything. So every year, that's been a long-term goal of mine. And so every year we've been able to improve it a little bit more. It's so like the first year we were only able to offer, you know, like, 20% or something. So this year we're up to 50% uh, that we pay for 
Hmm. And um, it's, you know, for all the full-time employees, which a good portion of our staff are full-time. Um, not a lot of them have taken it, but they have that, yeah. you know, they, they it's not can. mandatory. I mean, we provide it as an option and then if people want to take it, then we, then we take the, the hit on the 50%. Yeah. And we're on the same health plan as they are. So it's, yeah. <laughs> so we all have the same health plan. We don't have anything better. Um, <laughs> You know, but it's, it's definitely, you know, like I said, for Leanna, it's always been this kind of. We have a we have a push and pull, right, because I come from a world where I worked in corporate for 10 years and I'm used to just being ruthless about it. Like, no, like save money at all costs, <laughs> like don't no benefits, none of this. And then I look at it and I'm thinking, like, that's just that's brainwashing. That's just like from 10 years of being in an environment where if you didn't do that stuff, like you could lose your job. And yeah. you know, you save money. And and so we balance each other out. Like she she tends to lean towards the like give everybody everything. And I lean to give 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 everybody nothing. And then we kind of balance out in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it, that, that's part of that mindset of becoming a, a, an employer, right? Of going, okay, these, the, this is where I'm at. I have to balance out how this is going to work. And yeah, it really does change your perspective. The first time a staff member is standing there with an, with their, with their kid talking about the piano lessons that they're paying for because of the job or what they're doing because they're employed with you it really takes that shift and go, yeah, this really isn't a, about me so much anymore. And I'm doing something a lot bigger here. So, so we set up a GoFundMe for our employees in May after the, the COVID lockdown. And, and I mean, when things first started to really get scary and everybody was, I think it was, it was kind of before the actual lockdown happened and things were, you know, just people started, I'm sure you remember people just start canceling left and right. And nobody really knew what was going on. And, and all of our staff started to panic, like, oh, my God, I had this pest that lined up. I had this lined up, and now it's gone. Um, and we'd never experienced anything like it before. Um, no, like, neither I mean, anybody I guess else. Novel. But, yeah, so our initial, like, our, our first course of action was how do we take care of our people? What are we going to yeah. do? Um, so we, we set up a GoFundMe and our clients contributed, um, I, I want to say like something like $20,000. It was a lot of money, but it uh, all went to our employees yeah. just to keep them afloat. We didn't even take a, a cent of it. No, we, we paid our mortgage. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we paid Four our mortgage, months. which was $2,500. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, that was our first concern and, and we were able to get through that. And, you know, some people, even though we, we urged everybody file for unemployment, like get on it. Uh, it's still, there were some people that didn't get it for months. Hmm. They had no income. You know, we didn't have, there was no dogs to walk. So we didn't have any way to pay people. Um, but you know, that, um, a, a lot of those people are still with us, yeah. you know, like they, they stuck around and once things picked back up, they're still here. So I, yeah. Like I, I kind of brought that up as to your point, like you do realize at some point that like, you have to take care of these people that work for you. Like you, you, you know, got to make sure that they're getting work. 
Yeah, well, yeah. We, we, we have expectations of commitment towards us, right? We, we want people to be committed and invested in their work. And if we are doing our job, we're leading by example and not just committing to them, but investing back into them through all sorts of new, new trainings and benefits and, and, and things that are going to help improve their quality of life, right? Because that, that way we get a much better relationship, work relationship there yeah. instead of just a top-down everything under the, their thumbs and control. Right. The benefits that you offered, uh, are those something that uh, you got feedback from staff that they were wanting? Because uh, I know people may be listening to this going, how, how do I know what to even even offer? What kind of advice would you give to, to people in that position? We did, we did ask. Um, so one of the things that we do, we send out quarterly surveys uh, to all of our employees, like they called a uh, very creatively employee satisfaction survey. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and so in the change, the questions will change. Like last time we were, we asked people like, do, you know, would you prefer to be paid weekly or biweekly? So we asked different things like that over the years. And so, yeah, these benefits were based on, on the feedback that we got from, from staff of things that like, I thought that I, you know, I'd like to offer and then like, Hey, would you guys like this? <laughs> Is there any point in pursuing this? Mm-hmm. And that's uh, led to a lot of the the decisions as far as like paid time off. Um, the health insurance. Um, surprisingly, everybody either didn't care about weekly or biweekly pay or preferred biweekly. So that stuck with biweekly. I kind of <laughs> thought that was going to be something people were going to be like, yeah, I want to be paid weekly. So you never know <laughs> until you ask. Yeah. Give what you can. You know what I mean? Right. Like, mm-hmm. like whatever's in your means, you should be passing that on to the people that work for you. That's one of the things I think about with the pay time off in particular, because we offer pay time off to all employees, even part-time. Um, but, you know, we've got some employees that are part-time. They only make 250 bucks a week or something. You know, they don't make a, like a ton as based. opposed to full-time. Um, yeah. And, but they get, they get pay time off too. And the way I look at it is like, it, it never, it equals to be about a week's worth of paid vacation. So that part-time employee making 250 is going to get about 250. Cause that's what they normally work. Um, you know, and it's like, that's not a huge amount of money. You know, that's something I could be spending on a really fancy dinner or (laughs) a pair of boots. Like I might as well, you know, share it with the employees and then they, you know, can take time off and not stress about how am I going to pay my bills when I'm taking time off. Because that is the the relationship that we have now as the business owners. We're going, okay, um, I I can have my expensive coffee beverage seven days a week, or I could pay for this other thing for my staff members. Where does that fall out from my priorities? And that's really what it gets down to when we look at our personal budget, what we need versus what we can provide to our staff. And making sure, as as you said, Brandon, we're able to give what we can and, and pay what we can for our staff. Right. I think it's irresponsible not to. And, and But there's still plenty of people out there that are going to do it because the bottom line is that, you know, you either want the money in your pocket or you feel good about giving it to somebody else to help them out. You know, it's it's, you know, it, 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 philosophically, it means a lot to us, which is why I think we we put a lot of effort into it. Mm. Yeah. Now, you've hired quite a few staff members over the years. And one, one thing that I did want to ask you on was this process of, of turning a new hire, you know, a fresh face, 
into a professional sitter, because I know that's something that you, you both focus on and what Hyde Park is, is professionalism. But that is not easy a lot of times to take somebody as a brand new hire, maybe has no experience. What, how, how do you view that process? We're, um, it is something I have struggled Jeez. and built. Who has built this like yes. hive of training that is so good now, especially right. in the last year? Like, I've been really impressed with. Uh, mm. uh, yes. Uh, one of the very first people I ever hired was one of the worst people I've ever hired in my life. To this day, is still like the worst person I've ever hired. In this, <laughs> like, in my first like few, uh, when I just didn't really know what I was doing. But we have we do have a very extensive hiring process. Um, our application is very long; it's very in depth. Um, it has people answering questions um, that are specifically instructions from clients, like like mm. read these instructions and and then explain what you did. And um, for one, people that'll go through the whole application process uh, already—that's you know already a good. A good indicator because it is so long and then answering these um, very detail oriented questions and being able to articulate and communicate uh, is the number two thing. And um, then seeing, you know, if there are hours availability, what their expectations are, is that is something else we ask is like, how much are you expecting to make per week? Um, making sure that all lines up. Um, so we're really picky about who we even contact as far as applicants go. So I'd say we contact maybe one out of 10 people. Wow. Um, and then there are a lot of kind of minor um, tests, I guess I would say, <laughs> you know, like, like, uh, which I learned from, I wish I could remember the name of the podcast so I could name, drop it because <laughs> uh, you know, about hiring, but um you know, like sending an email and saying, um, can you give me a call between this time or this time? You know, like just like making sure like they can, they want to, and they can do these things. we still do in-person interviews only because I want somebody to be able to show like they're willing to make that extra step to come in person, not just do Zoom. Um, Although we have done a couple of Zoom interviews. We have, we have, but really prefer, you know, just, and not, not even really because I want to interview people in person, but again, just to see that they're going to make that extra effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't, I don't have any precedent for people who have pet care experience at all. Um, I've actually found people that don't have experience can sometimes be better because you mm. can train them the way that you want from the ground up. Fresh clay. Fresh clay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's the work ethic. That's what, that's what you have to find and what you cannot train into people. Yeah. And once, once we, once they get in, you know, once we get through that, once we get through you know, all that, like we, we try not to like, we're not exclusionary in any way, but we do have things that we want out of people. And once we get somebody hired, you know, we have um, three online training courses, oh, depending, yeah. depending on what, you know, if they're hired for the daycare, if they're for dog. Walking. So we do trainual, which um, we've set up, you know, like goes step, step by step from our, um, employee handbook, you know, the answers are directly from the employee handbook or, um, you know, there's one for pet sitting, cats, dogs, you know, we have different trainuals for different stuff. For people that aren't familiar with trainual, it's, uh, basically an app or website where you can make your own training materials. You can add videos, pictures, links, uh, tests. So people do all these tests. Um, and we pay them for it. Yeah. And then every, every module that they complete, they get payment for. 
also. And uh, we do on the job training is, is of course a big deal where they'll train with um, usually two different walkers to kind of get some different perspectives and um, you know, and that's all paid too. So it is, it's a big investment. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we like to front load on, on figuring out whether or not somebody's going to work for the situation so that after we get them through that training period, if I don't hear from them for a month, I'm fine. Yeah. I see, I read their reports and and that's all I need to know. Like, (laughs) <laughs> they, they just do they do the job the way that we ask them to. They write the reports. They're there on time, and and I pay them every two weeks. And, and that's but you know we do a lot of work up front to get to that point. You know how people talk about animals as a big indicator too. Yeah. You know, like if you ask them about their pet or about a pet and like or something that they enjoy and seeing how they like liven. Right. You know? Yeah. That. That. Then that's where that that one-on-one kind of interaction you can judge and get a, a sense for where's this person coming from what what is fueling this person to be here not and, and then making a judgment call going well is that is that going to work for us what we're looking for our needs right now so that we know to move forward and I, and i know it's you know front loading a lot of that work may seem scary to people because you're going look at all that money you're potentially wasting yeah. look at all that expense what if they quit on you the next day and go through all this stuff did you did you struggle with that or did you just realize i this is what we need to do to get our type of our staff members in here i don't think necessarily that we struggled with it at all because we realized that it's you know this is how we have to do things you know we we've been we've been in this business for you know, going on a decade, seven years, right? So yeah. we know all the ins and outs, and and um, you know, if we, I feel it's probably more of an indictment of us and our process if we get all the way through this and then somebody quits in two days. <laughs> that's that's a really good point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've had it happen. We're also very transparent with people too. So when I am, you know, interviewing people, starting with the training process, I tell them like. If at any point you feel like this isn't the right fit for you, just let us know. Like, I don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste my time. No hard feelings. And and it has happened. It's happened twice where somebody has started training and they've said, you know what? I don't, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, or, you know, they, they didn't come on. And so we just, you know, and it stings, you know, to pay them still when they're not coming on. But you just cut your losses and move on. But I mean, that's only happened a couple of times. Yeah, just, the success to failure ratio is overwhelmingly in favor of the way we're doing things now. Hmm. Still doing it. You know? do, do you think that is because of the extensive process that people really have to be super committed? Is it the content that you're covering or is it how you're how you're marketing the job ad? Hmm. I think it could be. I think it's probably all of all, the above. All of the above. Sorry. Think, <laughs> yeah, no, I think so, though. I think probably all of the above. You know, I mean, if pretty much anybody in pet care, I feel like they have that sense of when they meet somebody else that's really into taking care of animals. Mm-hmm. And, you know. You can tell. You can tell. The people that I have mean, had experience <laughs> with animals, you yeah. can, you know, you can well, tell. You're crazy, you too. Yeah. I love you. I love crazy <laughs> ones. I love <laughs> You know, always share pictures and, like, you know, like – those are our people. <laughs> yeah, when they break out their phone to show you, you're like, okay, we're go- we're on the right track here. <laughs> you use Slack to. Um, are you familiar with Slack? Like the chat? like a group yeah. text. Yeah, yeah. We use we yeah. use Slack for our for our staff members as well. Yeah, hey, excellent. Yeah, yeah, so we use that, and we have a channel in our Slack. It's called Cute Picks. 
so that throughout the day people can share pics of the you know or you know and but it's it's great because it'll be like nine o'clock at night on a saturday right you shouldn't be messing with slack and somebody will send a picture of their cat to our (laughs) to our chat like it's just their cat at home look at my this silly thing that my cat's doing and then like everybody's 10 people chime in like (laughs) You know, nine o'clock at night on a Saturday, and it's like those are the kind of people that we like to hire. Right? That, not that they're like yeah. working at all hours, but just that their love of animals transcends any um, sensibility of like. <laughs> our channel is called Fave Photo, and and so yeah, especially for our weekend staff, yeah, like nine ten o'clock at night when they're wrapping up their visits, you just get a huge photo dump, and then everyone's piling in there, you know, going in about their photos, and it's. It's a good way to to help connect with them, make them feel connected, but also something that we really struggle with is having camaraderie and connections and community between staff members. Yeah. Because to help them feel connected to their people, right? Like, oh, you're crazy too. Yes, look, we're all here together. Like, you have found your people. And yeah. finding little ways, you know, it's a, it's a Slack channel, right? It's not that big of a deal, but it means a lot to people to know, I can send a photo here. And, and people will respond and I can be connected yeah. with somebody who's also like me. It it really t- right. changes as simple as it is. It can change a lot. Yeah. And that's, yeah, you know, that's, right. that's initially why I set it up is because we had one walker that, you know, several times she was like, well, when do I get to meet the other people we work with? And I was like, well, you don't. Like, yeah. you know, well, that was also, we had started doing um, employee meetups right before the pandemic. We'd had a couple uh, of workouts at our house. Yeah. it's you know um it can be i think it can be lonely for some people and that's another thing of but that's why i like vetting (laughs) that's something that i always vet in people when i'm interviewing them is is asking them like you know figuring out if if they if they thrive alone or if they need to be a part of a team the slack has also kind of allowed us to you know like i said like we're we're the repository we know everything between her and I, I mean, especially her, but like this key doesn't work. This key doesn't work. Like, <laughs> like okay, what shape's the well, key? What like, shape's the key? <laughs> no, that's not a front door key. That's an inside key. Like, you know, we know that, and and we've started using Slack instead of us hopping in and immediately giving the information. What we've done is set up channels for like cat sitters, you know, or dog walkers, and then if somebody has a question, we say, hey, just put it out in the general channel. Because you're not the only one that's dealt with this problem before, and I don't have to necessarily be the one to answer it. And so they'll put it out, and then another employee will answer the question, and then we're out of that loop. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Dan from NYC Pooch has this to say. Time to Pet has been a total game changer for us. It's helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, We actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature-rich, and it's always improving. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. It, it, it kind of brings a little bit of that workplace camaraderie again right. of going, you're not going to go to your manager, your, your, your boss, quote unquote, every time you have a question, you're going to lean over to your person next to you and go, hey, how do I get to use this software? What, what do we do in this? What's that process? And it, it, it builds that 
that um, I also view it as kind of a, a, a the repository of knowledge, right? There's yeah. so much institutional knowledge in your staff and pointing, referring people back to that really helps them go, oh, wow, like there are helpful people here. And then they can start contributing when they're able to. Yeah, and we've seen more of that as this is kind of as we. Yeah, it's been a new, a newer thing. Yeah, it's relatively new. Really excited about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's been a, a thing that we've set up and just kind of like because you know I don't want to say we're control freaks or anything, but we've had to control every aspect of this business for seven years, and taking your finger out of that pie sometimes is like scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's like. Oh, somebody else is going to mess it up instead of me. Like, <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a good learning experience and, and, um, it's really surprised me. Like you said, that, that institutional knowledge that all of our folks have that, you know, I thought we were the only ones they had. Right. <laughs> It makes you really proud of, of, your, of your team members when you see them contribute. And you're like, yes, that was the right answer. Good job. <laughs> or when I ask, I go to ask one of the managers to take care of something and it's already done. And I just say, why? Well, I don't even know why I got out of bed this morning. Like, I don't, like, just go back. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back to bed. It's... No, no, no. Now, when did the idea for the facility come up? Because this seems like a big shift. You were a dog walking pet sitting company. And then the, a facility comes on 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 your brain. What, why? Why? <laughs> I mean, you. I know really? the actual. The, so uh, the the it wasn't sudden. Um, we actually started. I started brainstorming this idea five years ago. Maybe it's been a long term goal. So there, um, not that far from our house, uh, there's a warehouse that uh, has had a for sale sign on the front of it for years. Right? Mm. And I got looking at it and another Chicago geography lesson. Um, the South side of Chicago does not have any. So, you know, uh, like the West loop uh, used to be the meatpacking district. So there's warehouses all over down, there, right? Plenty of empty space. There's five or six doggy daycares down there because they walked in, they got a warehouse that was zoned right. And they just took the space and made it into an indoor doggy daycare. Well, we don't have that down here. Mm. Um, there's no warehouses. There's no uh, wide open spaces. There's no commercial areas that aren't, you know, complete knockdowns. So I saw this warehouse over here and I thought, yeah, that's a lot of square footage. Like we can put something in there. And I just kind of called the guy. And um, he's an old real estate investor in the neighborhood. And um, we just started talking. And he was a very eccentric fellow. Um, <laughs> and we spent many hours working Jerry. with him. Jerry and Howard. Jerry. Well, Howard, Howard. <laughs> but um, so they, you know, they were on board. Um, this, this story, I'll try to try to keep it short, you know, relatively. The... Um, so we spent a long time coming up with plans, finding money they were in, ready to help us. And then we ran into some zoning change issues and it just went and went and went and went. And um, we ended up getting approved for a like million dollar grant or something like that. But the timeline didn't line up right. So we just had to abandon that whole avenue after years and years of planning. And literally like a month or two later after we abandoned it. Um, Leanne found the place we're at now and um, it's already zoned correctly. Uh, the 
restaurant next door wanted to give up some of their space. So we um, just literally walked in and said, this is what we're going to do. And they said, okay. And, um, you know, we went from there. Uh, Mm. It was a very long, stressful and expensive process. I mean, probably on all three fronts, um, like exponentially more difficult than we expected it to be. Um, we financed it by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> just, I mean, absolutely pulled money out of nowhere. I was writing really grants and, yeah. you know, like sending letters and getting rejected and, and just barely got it paid for. And, um, January 10th was one year open now. Uh, so. So we had, what well, we had three, I think we had three dogs the very first day we opened. One belonged to our manager. So, yeah. so we, <laughs> we technically had two, two dogs. dogs. <laughs> uh, on our one year anniversary, how many did we actually have? Thirty eight, something like, like thirty eight dogs. Oh wow! Um, which is which for the space, it's much smaller than the original space we were yeah, looking yeah. at, but yeah, that's about fifties our max in the space. Still, we're max. getting close to full. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that the other one you had to abandon that dream. What kept you pushing forward with that next space, and why did why didn't the dream just die with that building? I think it was kind of. I think it was kind of just like a casual continuation, you know, like just kind of looking like on loop net, uh, you know, that gives you notifications when properties meet, meet your parameters that you're looking for and just kind of looking there from time to time. And then just finally, you know, one came up that was, you know, about the right size is zoned correctly because the zoning was what kiboshed our original location. Um, yeah. Like, let's try, let's, let's go talk to him. Let's see, let's go take a look at it. And uh, we always say that every decision that we've ever made, like we just do it, you know, like we saw that property and she was like, I think this will work. I think this will work. Let's do it. Um, And then we did it. I mean, we're both obviously very stubborn people. Um, (laughs) You have to be tenacious to, to, to do this. And I think maybe, you know, it was casual for her, but for me, it was like, "Mm, that was, that was his project. My baby, like I'm driving this. You know, yeah. the um, reins of around that. I was like, I can't handle all this with everything else. Well, yeah, you have so much going on. You've got the the full dog walking, pet sitting business. Now you're adding a completely different service. What was it like learning the ropes for that kind of business model? <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> well, no, um, I mean, just have a breakdown. I just start crying. Um, it was it was incredibly. You know, I, I, again, I think we're smart enough to lean on the people that we have and, you know, the people, you know, the first, the first couple of folks that I hired definitely had prior daycare experience that I leaned in, yeah. but you know, we didn't know what we were doing. I was just like, we're going to build this and, and then we'll this. figure it out. And literally every single thing I did for the first three months, I had to like, backtrack and fix you know like all the cleaning supplies that i ordered were wrong you know every all the the solutions for poop inside were wrong you know (laughs) it was just like all these learning experiences but then you have to also be willing to be like oh yeah okay i was wrong like we'll figure out what works you know so it was literally like opening a new business that i've never been involved in before and learning the whole thing from the ground up on our feet and then taking that codifying it 
and passing it on to the employees. So now the processes that are there that they do every day are what I learned by trial and error to set up correctly. Right. So far as cleaning checklists, you know, keeping uh, just daily maintenance stuff on a, on a schedule. Like we had to figure all this out. Just we also, dancing. We also, <laughs> we also leaned really hard on hiring people that already had experience in the doggy daycare yeah. world. So I don't even know, honestly, what is minimum wage in Chicago right now? I think 15. it's, is it 15 yeah. now? Yeah. Anyway, so we, um, you know, we 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 looked at whatever uh, the minimum wage was at the time, and and what was kind of a standard pay rate for doggy daycares. So we bumped it up a little bit. So we start people at the doggy daycare at seventeen, whereas most places were doing whatever minimum wage was, and so that helped us to Yeah, you know, people that already worked at doggy daycares because they come work for us and make a little more money and we could learn what the hell we're yeah could you could you read over this for me real quick? <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, like I. This is the thing that I copied some, somewhere on the internet. Does right. it make sense? Like, <laughs> you know, and, and it was really all in the last, you know, just in the course of the year. I mean, I, I probably, so from, from when we opened January 10th, I was at the daycare. I'm open to close. Seven to seven. So I got up at five, was there by seven, and I was there all day, five days a week for three or four months mm-hmm. until... You know, we got everything. I was in the lots. I was out front, you know, handled it all. So I know, I know that when I walk in and I see, you know, like things are done the way that I want them to be done because I said that at the base because I did it. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. So from, so from finding the, the, the building to opening day, how, how long was that process? What was that time span? Way too long. <laughs> oh, uh, 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 we started construction in June, I think. June. We started the process, though. We started yeah. the process back in April. April construction started in June, and we were so April, April of April of twenty twenty one is when we started signing lease. Um, it was a, it, honestly, if we had known at the time how long it was going to take and how expensive it. it was going to be, <laughs> I don't, I don't think we would have done it. But it the, was you know, so that's stressful. Yeah, it was. And I mean, it just, it costs so much more money we ever imagined. We, we tore the whole inside of the facility out, like gutted it out and completely custom redid the inside. It's got um, custom epoxy flooring, FRP board on the walls so that they can pee it's wherever. All and it's all veterinary grade. We completely redid the, the so HVAC and right. ventilation, <laughs> ventilation system. Yeah. I mean, it's done the Her- way that a, of a pet care facility in Chicago should should be actually we exceed their ventilation standards by you know several fold because we completely redid the whole HVAC system. But you know, um it's one of those things that I look back on and I go like well, that's over with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's people like when when are you gonna open another one? <laughs> now, I don't know about that. Like um <laughs> But I, you know, it's been, it's, it's been very rewarding to, to do this and to have people in the neighborhood be like, we needed this so much, Mm. um, to have that kind of feedback where people come in and they go, this is great. This is amazing. We needed this so much. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) yes, you did. (laughs) Because seriously, I mean, if when, so when we were doing the, um, 
when we were doing the presentation to the alderman about the, the zoning change, yeah. Leanna sat down and she did a Google map, said, show me every doggy daycare in Chicago, right? And if you look at the map, you know, here's Chicago, top to bottom. Here's the north side. What? Oh, well, I'm just telling him it is great. It's an audio <laughs> medium, sorry. Anyway, south, south of downtown, one doggy daycare. North of downtown, up to the north side, something like 111. No. It was. I can't remember the exact number, but it was right around 100. Yeah, like 100 pet care facilities. Yeah. For the rest of the city, and one for the south side, and and then that's you know, that's why we put it here. We'll get a pet smart or something like that eventually. I'm sure. (laughs) You 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 both focus on on being family owned. You local, you mentioned you, you hire, try and hire within that three mile radius for your community. It, it drives a lot, basically everything that you do for your business. It's really important to you. Why, where does that come from? I think it, it's from, you know, we, I, I've lived in a lot of different neighborhoods in Chicago. And this is the only neighborhood that I've ever lived in that has felt like a community. Like it is very, like the people are very friendly. Um, it just has a different feel. It's very diverse. And um, I just loved it in a way that I've never loved any other neighborhood I've lived in. Um, so that's, you know, and, and because like Brandon's talked about, uh, you know, with there really not being a lot of services in our neighborhood. Mm. Um, so that that's why, you know, I really wanted to keep everything local, you know, only service local and people. And honestly, I mean, having employees that are local, um, the reliability factor is going to improve because you're not going to have things like snow and traffic and, you know, preventing them from getting there. There's a pragmatic thought too. If you're in, if you're within a few blocks of what you're, you know, your, your route anyway, um, you're going to be able to make it even if you have to walk it. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people do because their, their routes are so close together. Everybody's so close, but, um, yeah, it just we really just love the community and just really wanted to provide, you know, specifically for this underserviced. There's also, you know, there's there's the fact that we could get bigger um but it would make the business move in directions that we don't we we decided that we don't want it to. You know, we could we could expand our service range and not be able to give as, as personal a service or, um, you know, we, we don't want it to just feel like, uh, wag or, or Rover or something like that, where it's an, an impersonal thing. Um, that this is our, this is our area. This is the place that we love and this is what we love to service. So, you know, it's. And the people that are coming into your home are also, you know, your neighbors. Hmm. Um, We've, I mean, you know, and it's really good for routes, because, you know, because we're so in making and making money for the, you know, for the employees to be able to make money because we are commission based. So, um, you know, they're getting paid per service. So I don't want somebody to be traveling 15, 20 minutes, you know, mm. with 
in, for a 20 minute walk or whatever. It doesn't make it worth it to them at that point. And now you can start seeing a lot of the benefits that flow from that, not just for, for you and the, the logistics of everything, but you, that's a pitch that you have to the employee of a benefit of that kind of service area. And it, it sounds like you, it, you, know, you do, when you make that kind of decision, you do have to say no to things. How, how tempting has it been to make that three mile three and a half and then 3.7? <laughs> We we've actually contracted our boundaries over the years. Yeah. I mean, we at first we did go a little bit farther because yeah. it's just like, oh, somebody wants me. Right. <laughs> like somebody wants us. Somebody's going to pay us money, even <laughs> if I have to drive 15 minutes to get to a dog for a 15 minute walk. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, but we've we've over the years redirected so that we are just kind of focused right in our area. And, um, yeah, we have. I have a, a pretty good referral list too for people, you know, that we're not the right fit for to be able to send them and say, you know, try one of these people. They might be able to help. Yeah, we we send people to a, a lot of other um, local businesses. Local businesses. You you mentioned the fifteen minute walk, and that was one I actually wanted to, to touch on because you you offer a very wide range of of walks and services. What's it like scheduling all of that? I, I mean, I don't find it that hard. I honestly, when you had mentioned that question. I was like, we do, <laughs> you know, it's what we always have done. Um, yeah. you know, uh, initially I wanted to offer a range of ser- services for nothing other than being more affordable to the community mm-hmm. so that somebody couldn't afford a 30 minute walk, like, okay, they could do a 15. Um, so that was my initial reasoning and it is something we've asked staff about, um, you know, how they feel about the 15 minutes and, you know, cause they don't pay that well. Um, but they all like them because they're, you know, there's some like cats that, you know, they don't come out the whole time. You don't want to sit there for 30 minutes with a cat that is waiting for you to leave. Or, you know, you have an elderly dog that just wants to pee and get back inside. But so they do work for a 30 minute visit for a dog yeah. that just goes out and tinkles and comes back in and lays on the couch, you know? Like- so, yeah. So, so they really work. Um, but as far as scheduling, I always a lot like. I mean, at this point, I've been doing it for so long. I can just kind of look and know, you know, <laughs> like how, what's going to fit and where it's yeah. going to fit. Um, I always feel like it's in the in the movies, like in Minority Report, when she's it like is. touching the arrangement. <laughs> like, it's like Tetris. It's, it's like, like playing Tetris with the <laughs> yeah. schedule. I'm like, I'm going in the other room. But once, like, <laughs> <laughs> but once I'm done, I'm so satisfied. I'm like, that's good. It is. <laughs> that's- it's um, like the um, Antonio Banderas meme where he's at the computer and he claps and he's done. I'm told you don't know. What I don't have. About. Okay, never mind. Somebody will. Okay. Yeah, but it, I, you know, I a lot of 15 minute buffer between all clients, uh, even mm-hmm. even the ones that are like down the block. You know, just because I don't want my staff to be rushed. You know, have and make sure they have efficient sufficient time to get between everybody. We only take clients that do regular schedules at this point also. So they have to do at least two regular walks a week. And that has been the biggest game changer. So, oh, wow. not, you know, we're not trying to fit in all, I call them the pop-ups, <laughs> you know, all these like pop-up walks and like, where the heck am I going to put this? So the vast majority of it, you know, like once it's kind of set, it just kind of stays. Um, and changing that changing those requirements is is a thing that we've learned over time. You know, we obviously we want to provide a service, but if you get to the point where every Monday, you know, you're dealing with 20 or 30 appointments that pop up because people, you know, just don't think about it doing it earlier than that, or, or, you know, trying to add on same day. And there was a time in the past when 
you know, we had to, when, when we'd be like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. That's fine. Yeah. We're just trying to pay the bills, you know? And, but once you, once you grow to a volume where that becomes prohibitive, what we did was kind of set some scheduling boundaries that, that aren't necessarily, you know, it's not prohibitive. You can still get the service, but what we need is, is you to get it in on time so that we can plan things instead of having to scramble keys and run around and deal with all this different stuff. You know, we've, this is just something that we've learned over time on, on how to get set expectations up front, especially right, with new customers front. where you say like, please have your scheduling in by Sunday. And that is the rule from the start, you know? Yeah. We have to, we, we require all of our clients um, to have their schedules in by Sunday evening. And if it is placed after Sunday, there's a $5 surcharge on every appointment. And um, you know, I always let people get away with it once. So I'll put it on their invoice, but comp it. So they see it. You know, and yeah. I tell them about the meet and greet, but, you know, people don't always <laughs> listen to every single word that you say. What? Um, <laughs> right. Sometimes I just don't hear you. Or yeah. There's a two-hour window. Um, you know, so, yeah, that's that's been a that's been a huge help. A huge, huge help. And then we can just get everybody's schedules done. There are a lot of people whose schedules really don't change at all day to day. They just have the same dogs, you know, all the time. Um but yeah, setting those scheduling boundaries is good. It, it sets, uh, you mentioned client expectations there, how they perceive their interaction with you. It makes it easier on you, less headache as far as scrambling last minute. And I, you know, Brian, you mentioned like, yeah, we could do this, but like, I don't, don't want to anymore, right? It's yeah. not, it's not, yeah. it's not worth it to throw everything off. And then it gives a more predictable um, schedule for your staff too. So you can get that out to them in a quicker fashion uh, and with, without too much back and forth. Yeah. We're very transparent with, I I always try to make people understand why we do things the way that we do. So we have our FAQs on our website, but I also explain it to people in person. Like, you know, if they have any sort of questions or pushback about, you know, I explain to them, well, you know, most of our people are full time. So once we have the schedule made, it's made. And then if you need something late, it's whoever has availability, if they have availability, Mm. Um, you know, so just kind of explaining to people like, <clears throat> There's a reason we do things the way we do. <laughs> it is for the betterment of everybody. Leanna and Brayden, I want to thank you for your time today. I want to thank you for sharing the passion that you have for people and pets and the dedication that you have to your community and making it a better place for everybody. Um, I know that we've a whole lot more that you do, and there's a whole other list of questions that people may have and that they want to reach out to you and follow along with everything that you're doing. So how best can they do that? Um, we have an Instagram page that people can follow at um, Hyde Bark Chicago. Um, we have a Facebook page. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, if for more information, uh, you can visit our website at HydeBarkChicago.com. You know, I really enjoy, um, you know, your Facebook group that you guys have and the other pet sitter groups are just so helpful. And I think we all, um, you know, need to help each other. And, and I like, they go there all the time for help and trying to help other people. Yeah. So definitely open to always learning, helping, being helped. <laughs> it's that's something that we need a, a lot more of in, in businesses to be open to receiving good feedback and, and to sharing our the, the knowledge that we've built up over time. Because it's a it's just like the community that you're 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 living and working in. We can make the the pet care industry a, a community that's helpful for everybody. So um, I, I thank you again so much for your time today and for sharing everything. It, it really means a lot. Yeah, thanks thank for, you, thanks for talking with us. Yeah, thank you so much. You have a good day. When our goal is to provide an excellent service, 
instead of thinking of selling a dog walk or instead of selling a pet care service, when we sell trust and when we sell peace of mind, everything else flows from that. We attract the clients that are a good fit for us. We attract the staff that are going to be a good fit for us. And we work everything out from there. But the baseline, our starting point, is understanding that the service, the quality must be excellent and unrelenting in that pursuit of always providing a good service. And then we do what we can for our clients. We do what we can for our staff to meet their needs, to continue to support them in whatever way that looks like so that we have that balance between running our business and making sure their lives are made the better for being a part of our company. We want to thank our sponsor today, Time to Pet. And thank you so much for listening. We're so appreciative and we can't tell you how much it means to us. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll be back again soon. I'm <laughs> sorry.